Hi, Lindsay. At all. <laughs> this is Brick Aiello, and that is Haley White. And we are the Dead Folks Podcast. Today we're coming at you with the top, top, top 40 hits. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> Good, because I'm not embarrassed at all. Today, this is a, a New Year's special. Happy 2020. Oh everyone. my God. Happy 2020. Election year. So oh many God. things gonna make us stressed out. But we're gonna be done for the count. I don't, I don't know. That was that was good. That was that was a good. I do not need try. your a good college try patronizing patronicity. Look, I'll say this. I think for most people, 2019 was a bit of a dumpster fire. Yes. I don't know. They just seem to be getting dumpster fireier as my life progresses. I mean, the planet was on fire. I the entire planet still is. Yeah, great. Still on fire. Um, we passed officially the tipping point for global warming. Um, we Still have there. we have the situation with our elected leader. What what situation is that? It's I don't even know what to call it because <laughs> I don't want to say the name. Yeah, I am with you. We'll move on from that. But oh, yeah, wait. so we have to tell them too right now. Tell them what. That I'm sick, so if you hear like sniffles or if I sneeze or cough, that's why I'm all sick right now. Okay. What? Why'd you just make that face at me? I did it. All right, so today, what did I say we were talking about? It's the new year. It, it is. It is a brand new year. It is a brand new decade even. I was thinking of a couple episodes back, we were talking about how we think one of the reasons people have trouble talking about death is because... It's become the straight line beginning and end rather than cyclical. Mm, yeah. And I think if we got the focus back on the cyclical, people would be able to have that conversation more. And I think life isn't just like one big circle. I think life is constantly these like cyclical patterns and years are one of them. And I think what comes at the beginning and end of cyclical things are birth and death. Um, so I think New Year's is a perfect way to talk about um, life and death and new beginnings and, and closures. Finding new beginnings in the endings. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I often say that one of the greatest things my mother's death has given me is this feeling that, well, what could be so bad? What's going to be worse than my mother dying and me getting a divorce and my cat dying in 12 months? No mm. things. I feel sometimes like nearly impenetrable in some ways in a in a not not in like a weird way like nobody call any kind of like bipolar hotlines to think that I am having a manic episode that is not what's that, uh, that is I'm not, Jesus that's not what I'm I don't think I can fly although I would be a bomb ass bird if I could <laughs> but I just feel that well it's just the strength of knowing you've weathered it yeah it's the whole what doesn't kill you makes you stronger bullshit, which that, that quote sucks in so many ways, but it's also so 
valid in so many ways. It's it's like when you learn how bad you can hurt and still get out of bed some days, <laughs> not all days, but like still put one foot in front of the other, still continue on. Well, there's something in having known that you've done it before. Mm-hmm. And that uh, there's a way out. Yeah, because I distinctly remember this moment laying in my bed and had it been a particularly hard day, it wasn't around any anniversaries. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I really want to cry. And this wave of grief. And I don't know if I remember it because it hadn't been a remarkable day. So like I wasn't braced for it mm-hmm. or what. But I just remember laying in that bed and just crying like the world was ending. But I knew that it hadn't ended yet. Like, uh, what's that dumb saying? I feel like it's going to be painted on an old window soon and sold in a cheesy shop with chalk paint. Like, (laughs) um, you have like a 100% record of making it through bad days. Right. Like, there was something, even in the midst of that ocean, Mm -hmm. there was like a little buoy. And that's, my mom gave that to me, you know? She gave that to me by loving me imperfectly, but a lot. And leaving me. It, it was like her final gift to me. And I think she'd be proud of how proud about how strong I am. Oh my God, I'm crying. I never <laughs> cry. I know. You're going there. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thought that she left you, like her leaving left you with something. Yeah. And, and not just the absence. Not just the absence right. at all. And I think there was a day when she'd actually gone into a coma, basically. Which was so creepy because she would like see people behind me and like talk that, to them. My mom did the same thing. <laughs> did she talk differently? Like yes, yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yes. Same here. Yeah, I remember it's my so dad weird. like fixating on it. Anyways, I just remember sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was so moved to say, "Mom, I want to thank you so much for making me so strong." And I cried, and my dad came in, and he's like, "Did she come too?" And I was like, no. He's like, it sounded like the two of you were having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking like, first of all, do 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 But then also just really feeling like, like I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't always believe that, but I re- believed it then. Mm-hmm. And now when I don't <laughs> believe it, I remember, well, I used to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe I will again. I mean, right? I got there once. I could probably get there again. Like the six months I had without dep- like suicidal thoughts last summer like last spring summer Mm -hmm. i tell you what knowing that there are people all over the world who aren't constantly thinking about killing themselves just the amount of space there was in my brain when there wasn't just a constant like low-key buzzing of a bee that i had to like make sure didn't take over Mm -hmm. was like having tasted it and doing whatever i need to do in terms of like taking my meds going to my therapy doing all this work so that I I can keep in that so I can find it again oh my god yeah I was like what wait 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 there are people all over the world who feel like this like this is their baseline I was like this is amazing anyways that got off topic I apologize no I think because depression and suicidal thoughts was actually something that was coming up for me when you were talking even before you switched subjects so it's interesting you brought it up but our outfits and our brains Matt (laughs) but I think it comes from that idea of of the mantra you were talking about like when you get in those places because for me when I get to like the lowest of the low where where you just want a way off the earth 
the the thing that that I have to keep telling myself is is you've been here before and you've got out of this and you have even though you can't sense that that there's a different place you you know you were just there recently and what's weird is I think sometimes it's easier to to get to that knowledge and just let that sit in the back of all the other terrible thoughts when you are in the worst of it yeah it's almost like when you're falling down you can't be bothered to think of that you just and I've always been someone who sort of embraces the melancholy and like likes feeling shitty and for a long time really embraced that in like my actions and behavior and like brought it upon myself and because there was so much self-hatred and shame and that sort of thing just love to live there but um even now I get to that low 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 place which I don't do as frequently as I used to just reminding myself that over and over there's always a flip side to the coin you know yeah it's kind of like I think that too like when you're depressed it's crazy because you can and I imagine and it's this way when you're grieving someone you can cognitively say my mother has been released from the pain that she was in for her body and you can cognitively say, why am I depressed? I have friends who love me. I have a career that I'm proud of. And yet those cognitive things like don't touch your actual self. Mm-hmm. But my mom's passing gave me a cognitive thought, which is I've gotten through it before. I'll get through it again. That it doesn't always touch the way I feel. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now, now it gets to be there. Yeah. Like, like a buoy. Similar to that idea and what you were talking about earlier about the gift from your mom, what I think is so weird is, and, and, and going into this new year, I'm feeling very, I feel like I've done so much work since Mm. my mom died. And I feel like I'm not, I still have work to go. And a lot of it, I judge by like my body healing from, from the caretaking and from the grief, but like looking at as I heal, we had talked about um, New Year's relation to like death of lost self and like who you're newly becoming and how much grief has impacted that in positive ways and how much I feel like the person I am now is such a vast improvement over who I was not only before my mom died but before my mom got sick because mm. I, that was just really a true test of character for me just in terms of having to learn patience and and forgiveness and a whole assortment of other things but um how thankful I find myself to grief sometimes and to to loss that the juxtaposition of of the two things is really strange and it's really weird learning to embrace all the good like I feel kind of selfish saying that because then I wonder like how many people are out there saying there's nothing good that have has come from my loss or my grief but I well that's their journey their journey doesn't yeah. have to be yours right? yeah and my sister and I always talk about the word bittersweet how you don't truly understand what that word is until after someone dies and then all of a sudden everything is bittersweet because it's it's got both of those like at the same time it's just this idea of this doorway like there's never any going back from it yeah you'll never be just the sweet again there will always be someone missing yeah well and you will always I just feel very aware of you know it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead like they've got the whole metaphor about their two sides of the same coin and they they talk about how everything is like an opposite reflection and and just keeps bouncing off and again that comes back to the whole idea of of 
cyclicalness, how I recognize the pain in beauty now and the darkness in beauty and how much I see the light in darkness too, you know, it's, it's crazy. It is interesting. And you know, something I lecture about a lot when I talk about theaters, I talk about the power of theater being rooted in this power of the opposites. It's, it's so essential to really get the full catharsis of like a moment of theater to both laugh and cry. And you can't have one without the other or it's not the same fullness of the experience. Right. Like I don't want my caramel without some salt on it. (laughs) I'll take the plain caramel. But I would rather have it with salt. I get you. No, I'm rejecting it without (laughs) salt. But yeah, the yeah. It's those opposites. It's it's that it's that bittersweet. What are you wanting out of two thousand twenty? That's a really hard one. What do you want out of twenty twenty? And then I'll think I'll t- answer afterwards. You know how you like learn a lesson immediately, but then you have to like keep relearning it because it doesn't. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Says everyone. Everyone goes, yes, of course. Oh, that's like what life worst. is, right? It's I like guess, <laughs> but it's so frustrating. <laughs> I felt like instantly when my mom was sick and then when she died and, and she had said things to me a couple of times about life being too short to be so wrapped up in my head. You know, I, I, I've just spent so many years wrapped up in shame and so many years fighting that shame and finally getting to a point where I, I do feel more comfortable in my own skin and I'm really trying to self-love all the time, but still never, it's just so hard to get over those voices that tell you you're not worth love. I can feel how close I am to, to mm. getting to that place of radical self-love where I just stop questioning all the stupid stuff. And I and I, I want this to be the year that that I get over that hump and then stay there and, and don't let myself backtrack. Or if I do, I come, you know, bounce back immediately. That's or, what I'm, or you just cycle around again. Or <laughs> Ooh, look at that. I'm marrying a bug. Yes. Or I cycle back to it. Yeah. That's that's or, or just kind of live on that side of the coin a little more longer. often. Yeah. Or even when you're on the other side, you're like, well, I'm here temporarily. temporarily. Exactly. You know, I think that mine is similar. I want to be radically, unapologetically present in my own life and own whom I am, both the good and the bad, with real clear, loving, forgiving eyes and not um, not deal with any of the opiates of that I've given myself, yeah. like having a new outfit for every day of the year I bet <laughs> if I counted them mm-hmm. and like getting more stuff or eating more food that I'm never that I'm not really tasting because I want to actually when I find an awesome thing I want to find an awesome thing and let it be that and be present for that and when I have an amazing meal I want to have that amazing meal I want a hundred percent have it and and I want to I want to be brave enough to when I am sad about my mom or sad that I'm gonna die alone we all die alone I know every time I say that people say we, we all die alone I get it but like or, or sad that my career didn't turn out the way it is or sad that any of the other things you know I have a dear uncle who's who's fighting cancer right now and th- I mean he's like the rock of our family and I want to be able to be sad that this great man is having a shitty time mm-hmm and just strong enough and brave enough to sit in that and not shy away from it by, I don't know, doing four plays 
one after the other and buying stuff at a thrift store and yada, yada, yada. Right. I, I want to be st- strong enough to be here. I think that's really beautiful. I think you're really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take compliments. She's no. cute, though. <laughs> She's a little pink now. <laughs> um, I think that's great. I love that. I mean, I, we'll see how I do, right? Well, <laughs> being present's hard. Being present oh is, is really hard, and our, our world likes to keep you in the past or the future, you know, or both and not here. So I think that's, it's that I think it's hard and I think it's admirable. And I feel like that's maybe part of mine too. Is It's all connected to that. It felt very similar when you were talking. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's like the other side of the coin. Mm. Yeah. Bringing it around two times in one conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What were you going to say? You always got to sing. Just that I think a lot of times the stuff that I get worked up about or like fear is like future stuff that a lot of time never comes to be anyways. So if I were also to say like I want to work on being more present, I think that that would alleviate a lot of the same issues. Yeah. Yeah. Borrowing trouble from the future. Yeah, just borrowing or and, and just making up stuff. I, I can be so mean in my head. I was thinking about this the other day too, like how much, and I think our world is responsible for this because we we want people to to hate themselves and think they're not worthy and to buy things to feel better, you know, and that's how our economy <laughs> thrives. Um, but how much I've I've wasted like caring about my body and my body image when and and like worrying like oh this person I think I have feelings for. Th- probably isn't attracted to me because I've I've gained some extra weight and then realizing like how much has that ever affected anybody I've been attracted to or not to yeah literally never (laughs) has it had anything it's all about personality and that sort of thing so like why do why do I get that in my head and then I see someone like my grandma who fell and broke her hip and is now in a wheelchair and her body is just like weakening every day and I think like I can walk, I can lift things, I can do so many things to be grateful for. And instead, I just spend all this time hating my body that has been nothing but like generally pretty much nothing but good to me, except for like giving me very ridiculously large boobs when (laughs) I was a child, (laughs) a child. But, you know, surgery helps (laughs) alleviate that and the back pain that comes along with it and sorry i got distracted because i was thinking about your boobs (laughs) um i'm hearing what you're saying about your body and i wonder if the very rejection of my body which girl we know like i saw i like uh, show me a woman in in western society who has not been basically conditioned from birth to hate the way she looks and i will show you a cool chick um (laughs) (laughs) But like what you were saying about like my body has never done anything particularly bad except like kind of have a bad belly sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's 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 kept me going. It's seen me through trauma. It's seen me through car accidents. It's seen me through all of these things. And it and I think it might be one of the best keys I have to being present is being in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that totally makes sense and and I think that's another reason why people are disconnected is we we are taught to hate ourselves especially women uh, men too but I've always felt that like like that I don't feel which is a problem if you're an artist it, 
to not feel fully present in my body at all times because because I don't like it yeah because I don't love it and um that's been part of like my journey like getting tattoos on like the places of my body that I hate the most to cover them with something that I find beautiful rather than like cellulite yeah I think being present in your body is a huge part of just being present in conversation and relationships in everything yeah. else and I'd like to reframe even the fact that we call cellulite unattractive, but there's nothing objectively unattractive about cellulite. Like it's got a beautiful like chiaroscura sort of uh, clouds at sunset sort of feeling to it. When the light hits it, when there's there's that, it's not an ugly thing objectively. I mean, it's not an open wound is all I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I, I would like for myself to be able to kind of reject those framing devices. And I think my first step is allowing myself to, to feel the grief of not having the body that I had mm-hmm. or the body that I want or the body that I, uh, the shoulds should have. And just allow myself to be okay with not loving myself. You know what I mean? Because I feel like sometimes in the like body positivity circles, it becomes like, well, if you don't love every part about yourself, you're doing it wrong. And you have to love yourself first before anybody else will love you. Okay, first of all. And you're like, that's going to be a lifelong battle, so. <laughs> a, and B, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but that it can be both. Yeah. I, it, well, the bitter and the sweet, right? So, so a little bit, like you can bounce in and out of those places, but. I'm 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 here for everything you're saying. I'm, I'm I feel it. Um, I wanted to ask you what you feel like you've learned most from 2019 because my answer would be something kind of similar to what you're talking about. Is just I've always been like a self-reflective person. I've always been a, like in my head, like what did you do wrong there? What it you know? But to like to take moments ahead of time or even after sometimes when I'm not working as quickly to gauge situations and to gauge where other people are coming from like I feel like I have much more of a it's still slow but a quicker capacity to forgive and a quicker capacity to be able to have mercy that I think that loss has created I am remarkably kinder I've uh, my edges are just worn down a little bit and I just see I think through people's defenses faster so I don't they just they can't they don't they don't I just see them as defenses like they don't feel them as jabs does that make sense yeah that whole idea that that most people are operating on the defensive rather than uh trying to be aggressive I think is really interesting yeah I think that's so true yeah and just stopping and going from there yeah I think that's like what I've learned from my mother's death that I I am most surprised by By. yeah and that kind of massive loss that all came around that time is just kindness and kindness towards people I normally can't be kind towards you know who you are old whites (laughs) you know who you are (laughs) but in 2019 the thing I learned well I hope I learned is how to not take on too much Mm. in an effort to never be present it's hard it's hard we're we're accustomed to trying to be that business is worthiness is another oh yeah thing in our yeah. culture 
so again radically present and just unapologetically myself I wish uh, yeah I feel like if everybody was more apologetic unapologetically themselves the world would be a better place I'm just you it's just getting to the point where hiding is so much more exhausting that that yes yes we we talked before about age yeah and that is one of the things I do think as I get older like well and as you see people die and not have fulfilled lives or 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 get to their fulfillment and then have it taken away so fast like my mom like worked her ass off to go back to school and get this job she really loved only to have it just ripped out of her Mm. hands like right when she finally found her calling like and she would tell me that as I would sit there working overtime for a job I didn't like but she would be like you are going to regret this on your deathbed and then the second she's on her deathbed you go oh 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 oh, that's (laughs) what that looks like yeah Yeah. and and going okay I've I've got to if I'm going to be stuck with me if this is the way it is for this the rest of this time a I, I can't get too down on myself for how much time I have wasted like I look back at old pictures sometimes like we were the 10 year oh yeah version of yourself look back at old pictures of my time and i'm and i'm never like oh i hate her even the one even the version of haley that was an alcoholic and was like just doing gross mm-hmm. stuff i don't hate her like i used to like mm-hmm. while i was her i hated her you know and i always hated previous incarnations of myself but now it's just like i just feel so sorry that there wasn't someone there to to just let me love myself, uh-huh. you know, and how different that would have been. And so go moving forward going, OK, you've tried the hating thing for a long time and you've tried it in every way you could. You've tried it with one night stands. You've tried it with drugs. You've tried it with alcohol. You've tried it with food. You've tried you've tried all these different things. Well, let's try the love thing. Let's let's try living living from a place where you're not ashamed of who you are. You don't, like you said, no apologies for who you are. You just do good from where you are. Do your best. Because sometimes your best do, isn't always good. Yeah. And, and and you learn and you evolve. And living in forgiveness for that. Yeah. Right. I mean, as long as you're not murdering anyone. Right. <laughs> but then maybe you could be on my favorite murderer and you've really made it. Oh, my God. I love them <laughs> so much. <laughs> no. Um I think we're we're just bouncing back and forth actually because that's still but like I've, I started with yours and then worked my way back to mine. But it's no, I feel so energized <laughs> about it though. Well, that's good. We were talking about cyclical things, yeah. but like, yeah, life is. I love I love the symbolism of New Year and 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 like new starts and spring cleaning and anything like that mm-hmm. and and this is just another chance for me to be like okay, like if at first you don't succeed, you know, and I think. Sorry to bring it back to grief again because we were feeling good about our lives. <laughs> but I think that there is really something to be said about our constant desire to run away from grief is what prevents these things from happening. Mm-hmm. I want to run away from the grief I feel about my societally unacceptable body. And by running away from that, I'm going to do all these other things which are going to prevent me from doing the thing right. that I, I imagine I would be able to do with my societally un- unattractive body. Mm-hmm. He, right. God, did that make any sense? No, no, I totally get it. It's like you loop yourself on this. Because you're unwilling. Well, let's stop saying you and just talk some truth. <laughs> I am unwilling to sit in that uncomfortable 
sadness that night of being lost on the ocean of your grief as you cry alone in your bedroom. I, I, I have such a reason. I think humans, right? I'm not special in having a resistance to wanting to experience that. But if I don't, I can't go anywhere else. And I don't know if that's universal. It feels truthful, capital T, but just because it feels that way doesn't mean it is, I guess. It feels capital T to me, too. I think that's why grief conversation is important, because I think so many people don't live in that space, that that space takes up other space in our world, you know, instead of being honored. Wait, say that again, because I'm not sure that I followed. Grief conversation, grief feelings, grief. If we don't have those conversations, they don't just disappear. I see what you're saying. They go into other things. And when that keeps happening more and more, I, I, gosh, I wish I remember who was talking, but it was somebody I listened to Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, and he was talking to someone and they were talking about men in charge of the world like how much grief and anger how how much of those people sit in anger because anger is really just grief and sadness and other things and that if they were to get past it and not live in that space like how much that affects all the rest of us yeah and the fact that there is no way out but through yeah and, and that and they, we just, don't encourage people to go through. We don't allow them. Yeah. We d- we I mean we have as a society capital S created a world where you can yell in public but you can't cry in public. Yeah. You know and uh, this is going to sound more callous than I intended. So promise me you'll cut it if it sounds horrible. Okay. But I wonder how many quote unquote crazy homeless people we see screaming on the streets because it's more acceptable for them to yell than it is for them to cry. Mm. How many vets are on the street because there was no place in our society as returning veterans to be sad about what they had to go through and what they had to do. Yeah. So they just, they just try to keep it away and it just goes everywhere. Yeah. Just cry. It's okay. I feel like New Year's Eve is a perfect time to cry. Get it out then. Yeah, that won't be awkward. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What are you doing for New Year's Eve? I don't have I mean, I'm moving. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fun. That's so new beginnings, right? Right, new beginnings. Close. And and it's symbolic because it's like I'm condensing down from a big two-bedroom apartment to having a little space and... And I'm going to figure that out. And I feel like for now, that could be good for me while I'm figuring other things out. Um, Let's see. Anything else? I mean, this has nothing to do with anything except that earlier you were talking about being an adult. And it reminded me of there's this tweet that's going around, like being reshared, like across all the social media platforms that made me laugh. And I'm sorry that I can't credit who it is because I don't remember who said it, but it said, Adulthood is straight up the worst hood I have ever lived in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, straight up the worst hood I've ever lived in. (laughs) That's a clever little play on that. Oh, you, you tweeters, you. You tweeters are so clever. Um, I don't know that we need to stay in this conversation much more. I think, I think that what we want to say is. Everything is connected, and if you don't understand that grief and, and acknowledge, name it, which we always say, if you didn't name that grief is part of it, and and as Pima 
Shodron always talks about like making tea with your ghosts, like sit there and acknowledge it and stay there and let it teach you. Let, let, let the lessons, let the hard things teach. Sit in that uncomfortableness. Yeah. I literally say that to my students the first day of class. I'm like, you're, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. It's college. My challenge to you is to sit in it and see what you can learn. And then I look at them like with crazy eyes. You're looking at me with crazy yeah, eyes. Yeah, I wanted you to get the full effect of what I, it's I like. Got, I got it. Um, Happy New Year! Happy 2020, everyone. Oh I my God, I'm going to kick 2020's ass so hard. I'm going to look it in the eyes, like direct eye contact. This is what I'm going to do. 2020 is going to be like, oh, hi. And I'm going to be like, hi, direct eye contact. It's going to be like, oh. And I'm going to be like, yeah. And then I'm going to take it, take its little face. I'm going to lick the side of its face. And then I'm going to do a forehead press like I do with my cat, Prospero. And then I'm going to say, God bless you, you beautiful bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I want to kiss my cat now. Uh, Let's let you go do that. I love it. Bye. Okay, bye. This poem is called Winter Solstice. Winter skies and bare trees always make me think of the day mom died. A dreary, quiet afternoon, no chirping birds or roaring farm equipment operating in the almond orchards near her house. No well-meaning visitors huddled in the living room, making small talk over enchilada casseroles and warm Pepsi products and styrofoam cups. No bad 90s sitcoms on low volume humming in the background begging to be put on mute. Only Uncle Bob making a call to the mortician, pacing back and forth in his wranglers, searching for a sweet spot of reception somewhere in the house. My sister, weeping, soft and steady, her head tenderly resting on Mama's swollen stomach, the smell of menthol wafting from the excessive salon pass patches placed hastily and desperately across her aching neck and back. The hospice nurse, fumbling with a purse and coat and car keys, awkwardly waiting for an appropriate moment to ask about her final check. Me, whispering sorry, over and over and over and over until the word became a mantra, until the mantra became a song, a final rite of passage for a daughter who always yearned for apologies but wound up needing absolution more. Two strangers in cheap suits eventually took away the body as I sat rocking on the back porch swing, drinking wine from a Tobin James bottle Mama told us she'd been saving for a special occasion. My sister and I, along with the shell's shocked father, toasted the heavens, full of relief and regret and sorrow and solemnity and all the rest of the things you feel at the beginning and end of cyclical things.